Latinos Out Loud podcast. intro now i didn't know yeah i don't know my engine is going right now Yo. so i just felt the need to do a little vroom 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 you know vroom, I mean? vroom 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 it's the vroom, latinos vroom, out loud podcast oh my god let's go back to my room so we could do it all night that is such a throwback oh my god by the way i didn't really dance that song i kind of just heard my brother playing it i'm not going to admit that that was like my era okay no uh, <laughs> uh, yeah no my, my sister too she used to listen to that right okay that's as long as we're yeah. in agreement hi they're, guys. they're the old ones they're the old ones they're the older yeah. siblings and they rocked out to some music that i'm still a fan of today yo big shout out to in excess you know what i'm saying Ooh, feeling back in the in, days in Boston. Was that NXS or are you just shouting no, them out? No, I'm just shouting out. Oh, I don't know the name. I feel like that was a one hit yeah, wonder. That, yeah, that was a one hit wonder that we yeah. were saying. Vroom, vroom, vroom. But NXS, yeah, was NXS boom, was boom, the boom. jam back then. Right, NXS and like, you know, Boston and more than a feeling. Oh, no, no, yeah. Uh, they had a lot of bands in the 80s, like, <laughs> named themselves after states. Boston, Chicago. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just, they it were like, I don't, insane. what are we going to call ourselves? How about we just call ourselves our hometown? I don't care. That's about a really Alabama. good idea. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> Alabama? Yes, thank you. I needed a third one, Frank, to, guys, <laughs> to make guys, my point even better. Guys, I have a good name for our band. What about where we're from? Tuscaloosa. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> no? Does it never Stop. ring to it? <laughs> Unfortunately, Staten Island never made it. Uh, no, next right away because you know why. Wu Tang was Wu Tang was smart. So they were like, no, let's just let's come up with a cool name, even though they didn't even Island. refer to Staten Island in their song. They said from the slums of Shaolin. They called Dang. it Shaolin. They didn't even want to shout out Staten Island in their own music. Damn, son, it's like that. No, shout out to Staten Island. I met friends from Staten Island. Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, is just over the Verrazano Bridge. So yeah. shout out to the to the SIs. Yo, um, here we are. It's the Latinos Out Loud podcast. I don't know if we need further introductions all these years later, but just in case this is your first episode of the Latinos Out Loud podcast, I want to say welcome. And second, I want to say that my name is Rachel La Loca. Hey. What up, what up? My name is Jay Ferns, but you could call me Jingle Ferns for the holiday season. <laughs> Jingle ferns, jingle ferns, jingle ferns all the way. Damn. Yeah, I try to feel. Uh, I'm Frank Nibs. Uh, you could call me uh, Frank. Uh, I don't know, Jamie. What do you think, Frank? Uh, Frank, Frank Kringle. I don't know, Jamie. Uh, Frank Kringle. <laughs> oh, Frank Kringle. I like it. Frank it matches with the K. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I like it. FK. Okay. Yeah. Well, FK, here we FK. are, guys. <laughs> 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 you see Mary Nibs Miss. Mary Nibs Miss. Oh, Nibs Miss. Okay. Interesting. That's Interesting. Happy, That's more of a greeting. That's more of a greeting. Happy Fernzica, everybody. Fernzica. Happy, happy Jay Fernzica. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's over. Fernzica. That's over. Wait, right okay, now. Rachel. All right. Now you need one for you. All right. 
Okay. So come up with one. Um, what do I have to do mine? I have to do me too? Um, hey, wouldn't be the hey. first time me doing me. You know uh, what I mean? Wow. Loca, loca claws? I like it. I like it. <laughs> Here I am, children. Loca claws. Look at that. <laughs> Here to bring you the loca toys that you need, and some of them require batteries. <laughs> uh, if you know Yo. what I mean, adults. Adulting. Okay, guys, can we do a show? Or do you want yeah, to just yeah, talk? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's you want to like, talk and joke and stuff? Or yes, like, yes. Yo, good seeing oh. you guys, by the way, this past week at the shoot. That was the first time I've been with you guys. It was... Um, it was extraordinary seeing Jamie for the first time. Oh. I don't know how long. Yeah, and, yeah. and Rachel oh, also there. Yeah, oh. So I, I was so happy. Um, that shit went. We did. It went according to plan, and it and it went so smooth, man. Smooth. We did another Wendy's ad. That's yes. what Frank's talking about. Um, hey, Wendy girl, time, thank you. I love it, Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wendy been good to us, and yeah. then uh, so and it was kind of like a flip of the first Wendy's ad we did. And the first one is that I was talking to food like they were people. And <laughs> and this ad, uh, my wife played by Yaya. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. to Ms. Yaya, my girl. Yeah. Um, she was the one talking to food and I was the one like, girl, you crazy. <laughs> um, so, it, I, it, I, you know, maybe the next, the next Wendy's ad, we'll have a kid. Our kid will be talking to food, you know, oh. just, just extend it to the Wait, guys, wait, guys, wait, guys, wait, guys, wait. I have an idea. What if we had the food talk to the people? Oh, <laughs> snap. Guys, did we try to pitch that? I, I think Wendy's were like, our food doesn't talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did give us a note similar to that and that we cannot give the food personalities and like eyeballs and stuff. No. <laughs> right, right. There's always, because there's going to be that one person that's like, wait a minute, I don't want my burger to talk to me. Right. That would be kind of weird. Like the next time you go to Wendy's, like, I don't know if I'm going to order this because last time it had eyes. I saw it on a commercial and it was like kind of human. So I feel weird. Yeah. Weird yeah now I'm a pescatarian. Out. People don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to think that their food is alive. <laughs> no. And I agree. I agree. Or has a personality. Personality. Listen, guys, I, I feel a certain way about eating raisins because of the California raisins commercial. They're so cute. They dance oh, right. with their thumbs up. Yeah, I remember that. And they were very, they're very soulful. Very soulful. So soulful. No, you know, and you know, and also, you know, what used to freak me out. This is technically not food, food, but the parquet commercials back in the in the oh. in the eighties. For the youngins, there was a commercial. It was like butter parquet's butter or margarine. Either way. Um, it, it, it's it's a butter it uh, butter parquet. Like, no butter. It's a parquet. spread. It's a spread, and so like <laughs> the uh, you know the 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 case that it comes in, uh, the hand it would open up and talk to you, and it would just say parquet, parquet, can, and it was the creepiest thing. Can I also add something about the case of parquet and country crock? Is that I don't know about you other Latino races and ethnicities <laughs> out there, but Dominicans. <laughs> You know where I'm going with this. Dominicans would use the country crock and the parquet for like food containers at parties. Oh, oh man, yes, they yes. Would you get clean a new surprise it. every time a soup is inside or <laughs> something different. Your mom puts something different in there all the time. Sancocho. Sancocho. Like yarn. <laughs> yeah. Yarn and shit. Yep. Sewing, yeah. Sewing shit. Good one, yeah. good one. <laughs> like my umbilical cord. I'm like, Ma, you kept this? Ew. <laughs> Yeah. Jamie! Ew, gross. Can so I tell funny. you something? So
so similar to that. Like, yo, when they like took out the babies and stuff from the C-section, they put like my guts in containers and put them like on my bed next to me. (laughs) I thought that was weird. I'm like, what are you doing with this? Like, oh yeah, it's protocol. We send it to toxicology. And I was like, that's like, that was just inside of me processing a protein. (laughs) And now it's in a Chinese food plastic container like next to me. I'm really disgusted. Did it look look like the the sweetest, did it look like the sweetest and sour chicken sauce. <laughs> it kind of looked like, well, one of them looked like uncooked brisket. <laughs> Shout out to the Jews who eat brisket. And like something else kind of looked like my spleen if I if Ooh. I like would see it face to face. But they were, oh, it was damn. just like stuff that came out of the sack, I guess. But I felt oh, disturbed that man. they were right next to me in Chinese food plastic containers. Like wow. the, the Rachel, stuff that you put wonton that. soup in. Rachel, I heard people eat that in other countries. Like, that's supposed to be like a delicacy. Like, okay, eating I know like mine the placenta is, and all that. De- my placenta definitely tastes like roses and sugar plums. <laughs> definitely like everything else on my body. But, <laughs> but um, oh, wow. that's interesting. I'm not sure where they went. I'm not sure where toxicology. Toxicology may be another word, a.k.a. the kitchen in Sri Lanka. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, if you guys ate my placenta, let me know what it tastes like. Holler at me at We Are Latinos Out Loud on Instagram. Um, Speaking of placenta, I think we have a very robust and savory show today. We're interviewing a very special guest. I I was wondering how that segue was going to end up. I just think that my organs and body parts have a nice taste, like a little sazon packet or like a Sweet cherry cordial. I don't know. It depends. Yeah, get ready for Rachel's Rachel's (laughs) Rachel's Rachel's food truck is gonna be. uh, (laughs) You know, locas locas placentas. Get them while they're get them while they're hot. Wow. Well, I only was able to furnish two placentas. So that's on some NFT shit. I don't know where they at. <laughs> My yeah. NFT placentas hopefully hopefully end up in the Smithsonian someday. <laughs> so who is our, our guest today? We have a really cool guest. Mm. Um, okay, well, you know she's going to be guess the adjective. Amazing. Okay? Yes, always. That's the criteria. You have to just be able to move our community forward, doing wonderful things for Latinos out there, and be amazing. So, Mm. yeah, she is amazing. Guys, we have star, uh, one of the stars of the BIPOC cast-led new comedy show on NBC, a new comedy series, rather, called Grand Crew. And we are so right. excited because she is one of ours yes. from New York, Dominicana, yes. out there representing in Los Angeles for us Brr. on screens and on the lots. Please welcome Gracie Mercedes to the show, guys. Come on. Yeah, 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 Latinos Out Loud listeners, this is the part of a show, you know the rest, where we interview someone amazing. And I hope you're saying that with me in the car or wherever you are, because it's true. Every week we interview someone amazing. And that's who we have this week. She's a filmmaker. She's a a writer. Please put your hands together for Dominicana, Gracie Mercedes. Yay! Yay! 
If you're driving or dance with your broom, if you're like me when you clean while you listen to podcasts, <laughs> Racy, hi. 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 Thanks for having me. Hola. Hola. Pero, pero thank you for gracing us with your oh, Racy. Oh. She we, went there. I, I did it. And in like the first 15 seconds, too. Do you believe yeah. that? It wasn't mm, even like, I wasn't even trying to be comical yet. Like, we usually like start to, you know, talk on the serious tip. Like, hi, how are you? Uh-huh. But we yeah, dove yeah, right yeah. in. Yeah. Okay, but yo, it's Latinos <laughs> Out Loud. We're very excited to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining us. Now, we like to tell our listeners where our guests are located. Okay. So, uh, where you at, yo? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in sunny I know. L- you know, LA. I mean, the sun went down now, but um, yeah, yeah, I live in LA. I'm from New York originally, and oh. yeah, I will, I'll be back soon for the holidays, so I can't wait. Oh, mm. how is that? Like already having moved to the West Coast, and when you come back home. What kind of reception do you get from your family? Is it like, I but all like, how's LA, Hollywood? Fancy, fancy. The weather's good all day, right? Every 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 day of the year, right? Is somebody carrying your maletas for you? <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210, right? I haven't gotten that yet. Dylan. Luckily, luckily, I haven't gotten that yet. My mom loves loves it here, to be honest. She's all about it. She's actually in town right now. She's in San Diego where my sister's at, at college. So she's in town right, right? now. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it. They actually, my whole family really loves LA. They like, my brother kind of shit talks it a little bit. Um, are we allowed to curse? Uh, Are we allowed to say? It's okay. (laughs) Um, but we're from New York, so you know, yeah, it's hard to keep it open, but yeah, Mm -hmm. my brother kind of can give me some smack about it sometimes, but he he could be like, you're so LA, but, but you know, otherwise he's good. He's good too. Well, congratulations on Grand Crew. Oh my God. I'm I'm so excited about this show for so many reasons. Um, the diversity. You know, when we see yeah. one of us, it feels so good, you on guys. A, on a network, on a network show. Ooh, you know? Yeah. Congrats. No Congrats. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, tell I'm, us about Grand Crew, please. It's literally a dream come true. I mean, I've been working um, at, you know, being an actress for like 13 years. This is my first series mm. regular. Um, I was lucky. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was fortunate to be able to like, you know, be a working actress with commercials and day roles, but this is the first time I'm on like a show full on. And for it to be this show, like I literally feel like I won the lottery. Like it's just the best mm. show ever. The cast is incredible. Our creator, Phil, is incredible. Our EP, Dan Gore, incredible. Like everyone on the show is just so funny, so talented, so nice. We were like fell in love with each other within like the first week. Um, we wrapped, yeah. we got matching tattoos last week. What? <laughs> Yo, what did you get? Show I don't know if NBC knows this. <laughs> I mean, but, if you can. Um, oh, this okay. is the, see, this bear right here is part of the logo of the of the wine bar we all go to. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so like <laughs> our cast, yeah, we're like so in love with each other. It was Nicole, Nicole Byers on the show, and it was her idea, and we were all like, "Let's go!" And we did it, and we got tattoos wow. last like two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I like that. If you don't, if you if you didn't tell anybody that it was from a show, it'd be funny if you were like, "Yeah, no, this is from a wine bar." Right, a wine right. bar, right? <laughs> me and my friends. I mean, 
it's a really cute bear. If it was anything else, maybe we wouldn't have gone as far right. as doing this. But we're like, oh, it's just a cute bear on my arm. No one's going to know uh, what it's for. I have a question. How, how did the tattoo artist feel after doing 35 bears no. on people's arms? Was he okay? <laughs> it, was only, it was five of us, and then we had different tattoo oh, okay. artists. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The key grip was like, I'm not doing the tattoo. Maybe, maybe it was the whole cast and crew. <laughs> maybe if we get a season two, the whole cast and crew will get it. Ah, um, but, right. but five of us did it, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, the shows, it's it, you know, it's so great to have a show with an all-black cast. Um, I feel so grateful to be on the show. And the great thing about the show in general is like, not only is the cast black, but like the writer's room was very diverse. Our crew was very diverse. There were so many females on, on, on our crew. And that was just so beautiful to see, like as an actress, as a writer, just to see like, oh, look at this diversity. Look at these people just killing it at their jobs. And they come from all walks of life. I love that. Mm. I, I want to get into your character, if we mm. can, for a mm. moment. So you play <clears throat> Faye, and she's a recently divorced transplant to Los Angeles. From New York. So, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, so from New York también. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Was there a connection there between you and her? I mean, I'm not saying you're a divorcee, but I wonder what kind of connection <laughs> well, there was. None of my business. It's none of my business. business. No, no. I'm not going to ask. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, my husband and I are actually getting a divorce, which is a crazy, oh. but it's, it's fine. It's good. We like are really good friends. And it was just the time had come. We've been together for 13 years. And the crazy thing is I like, we separated in February. Again, I don't think I've spoken about this publicly, but I will give it to you guys. We got, we, oh. we, Wait, wait. She's a method actress, yes. Rachel. That's all you yes. need to know. A method actress. No, yes. so that I have to. Yeah, go ahead. Say, can I say something? Yeah. I want to thank you for saying that. I of really want to thank you for saying that. That was so courageous of you. And just, I, I welcome like conversations like this. We talk about shit like this all the time on this podcast. Yeah. From miscarriages, infertility loss, tattooing, divorcing, anxiety. Mm -hmm. We really, like we're comedians and yes, we will add light and color and make you laugh and smile. Yeah. But we keep it very real here and you just kept it a thousand. Well, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to like lie or keep, I mean, it's going to come out eventually, you know, and and I actually think it's really healthy how we did it. And so I do want right. to talk about that because I think sometimes people think when you hear divorce, you're like, oh, my God. But it's like we're both happier now. And so what's wrong with that? You know, we had our time together. We outgrew each other and we realized that. And we went through, you know, years of therapy trying to figure it out. It wasn't like we just were like, nah, I'm out. Like we actually worked through it. And we're like really good friends. A lot of our friends are like, God, you, you guys are like the poster children for divorce. Like you're doing this so well. Like you're actually friends. Like we don't, we didn't think you're really going to be friends, but you're actually friends. Like it's crazy. Like I helped him pick out a rug for his new place yesterday. <laughs> wow. So like, yeah. yeah, but like all that to say, you know, we split for real in February and this audition came in my inbox in uh, the end of July. Yeah. End of July. And it says, you know, Faye going through a divorce from New York, just moved to LA, dry sense of you're like everything about her. I was like, this is me. Like, <laughs> like this is literally wow. me. And, wow. you know, it's kind of like that cliche. They say, it, you know, it, the right part is going to fall on your lap one day and, and that's the one you're going to get. And when I saw it and then when I saw like 
Echo Kellum was a part of it, who I know from my improv days. I was like, and Echo's on the show. And I know all these other people on the show are, are, are freaking amazing. And so like, you know, I worked my ass off to do this tape and, and, you know, long story short, two weeks later, I got the job, but it was the first time I, I felt like, oh my God, I think I'm going to get this. And if I don't get this, I'm quitting acting. <laughs> because I'm like, no, if I can't get a, No pressure, no pressure. Like, no pressure. <laughs> if I can't get a part that I feel so connected to, like what the heck? But I know there's like a million things that go into casting anybody in any show. Um, but it just felt right. And so when I actually got the news that I got it, I, I was like, crying. It was with my friends. There's actually a video on my Instagram of me getting the news because I had just met my friends at a bar and my best friend recorded it. So. Uh, I got a toast to you and I got to take a sip for you. I may take two. That was such a beautiful, <laughs> I'm with beautiful... you, Rachel. Wow. Look, we out here in the grind. We know this grind. We know this process. We're writers, we're actors, we're improvisers, we're sketch comedians here. Okay. Mm-hmm. We salute you. I think I speak on behalf of all of us, it takes, it, I mean, I'm just saying we're from New York, so we're born with it, but man, it takes skin and blood mm-hmm. and time, so perseverance. Much rejection. <laughs> Woo! It takes and a village. Mm-hmm. Everything you're going through personally on top of that. Felicidades, mujer. Thank Enjoy you. every second of Thank this happiness. You. Now, please, let's get back to the character. I know you're yes. a lot like her, but yeah. tell us about her evolution. What can we expect from her in the show? Say is really funny and fun. So she comes in in episode two. I'm not in the pilot. The pilot was shot um, back in October of 2020, I believe. Um, so like am- amongst like the whole covid you know, pandemic. And then the show got picked up and um, I'm not sure whose idea it was, but they decided to add this new character. And so I come into episode two um, and the way you meet me is like, you think it's going to be one thing and then it turns out being something else. I won't give too much away. Um, But she's a funny character in the sense that you're always finding out new things about her. So that's kind of like the running joke. Like you're discovering more about Faye in every episode. Um, And I say she kind of reminds me of like the part of me that I almost try to like hide. Like I'm like, I'm cooler than that. Um, Cause Faye could be kind of like goofy <laughs> and like uh, silly, but then also she kind of could tell people like what to do and, and like give advice and stuff like that. So she's a little, she's a little um, of two worlds if, if that makes sense. Like she can be very like silly and fun, but then she can also kind of be like, no, this is how you do it. And this is what we're doing kind of, which is very similar to who I am and how I am. Yeah. <laughs> The um, so the co-creators I think are Phil Augusta Jackson and 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 Dan Gore, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and and they're uh, recently known for Brooklyn Nine Nine, yep. which is you know a beloved show, yeah. uh, a long running show. Yes. So you know, yeah. <laughs> um, with a great ensemble. So like, were you? Did you kind of watch that show before the audition? Did you know kind of like I did. these guys yeah. were behind it? And were you like, oh, is this going to be this type of like fast paced, yeah. you know, joke, joke heavy type show? Yeah. So because I did not get the pilot, you know, um, before I auditioned, I, it wasn't out. So I couldn't watch the pilot. So whenever you have to audition for something that's not out yet. Yeah, I tend to try to look to see who's behind the show and see what kind of things they've done before. So I did watch a bunch of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I and it's funny because I was watching, I was like, wow, I can't believe I've never watched this show before. Like, it's so funny. It's like a really funny show. Um, our show is not exactly the same as far as the comedy, but it is a lot of jokes and it is an ensemble piece and every character is very different. Um, 
Phil, yeah, he wrote on that show. I think he's even in a couple episodes. He directed on it. Uh, Dan created it. And it's so funny. And this show is also so funny, which is so great. So hopefully we'll get a lot of, and a lot of people who worked on our show came from Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, yeah, a lot of our crew came from them. Our DP came from Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, our bar in the, our wine bar is the same bar that was used on set of the bar in Brooklyn nine, nine. And we also have their jukebox. Um, so that's pretty cool. They like kind of blessed us Easter eggs, Easter eggs Mm -hmm. for the fans Mm -hmm. of Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, you mentioned the wine bar, like, so the wine bar, what does this wine bar represent in the show? Right. It's, 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 is it like the cheers bar of the show? You know what I mean? Is it like um, yeah. where a lot of things happen? So the wine bar is kind of, so all our cold opens are shot in the wine bar. Kind of like, they're just like funny cold opens that may or may not have to do with the actual episode. They might just be like one-off jokes. Um, and then we, when you see the group together, it's almost always in the wine bar. Um, and then the, the episode will go off into like different stories, whether it's like Nicole, Nicole's character and Echo's character doing a brother sister thing or my character and, and you know, Anthony doing like, it, it really just depends on the episode, but we always kind of come together at the bar. So yeah, I, I kind of say, and I don't know how NPC will feel about this, but I like to call it like cheers meets friends with an all black cast. Oh, like, cause it's oh, like, nice. yeah, <laughs> I mean, two amazing shows, but that same like we have a place we go to all the time and then there's six friends um like friends and you know there's all that dynamic between like friendship and family and dating and marriage and love and work and all that so yeah gracie was there instant chemistry with the cast yes Yes, 100%. I had to do a chemistry read with Nicole because we play best friends on the show. Um, And my chemistry read with her was so much fun. Like it was over Zoom because again, COVID. Um, But we really had a great time like improvising and just playing with the scene. And then once I got on set, you know, it's a little nerve wracking to come into the show as a new person. Um, They had already done the pilot together and, and, you know, now here I am added in and they were all so welcoming and so sweet and so great. And like instantly I felt chemistry with each and every one of them. Cause you know, the way the show works because it's ensemble, you get to have really great intimate scenes with each character on their own. And then we have these great group scenes that are always really, really fun. Um, and yeah, right away I was just like, Oh my God, this is like the best job ever. It's so fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was definitely instant. Let's get tattoos. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's it's like tattoos. Yeah. No, like right? it's like, it's like ridiculous. We've been wrapped. I think we've been wrapped like a month and we see each other. Lots of, I went on a hike with Aaron earlier and like Phil just hit our chain and he's like, we're going to get wine tonight. Who's coming? I'm just like, we are like in love with each other. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so great. You went on a hike. Oh my God. You're so I'm LA. so LA. All right. Well, speaking of perfect harmony, can we talk about that yes. for a moment? Cause, uh, so what I did there. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about, uh, you're a Renaissance woman. Okay. Not a lot of women are doing what you're doing. Filmmaking. I mean, I, I love what you stand for, but I want to talk about you as a writer because this has been some sort of transition. And, and I want to hear about that. When you were in the writer's room for yeah. perfect harmony, also on NBC, NBC. Hello. <laughs> yeah. shout out to NBC. When you were a staff writer, did you envision that this would be your trajectory? What did you see when you were writing in that room? You know, I've had, you know how a cat has nine lives. I've had many jobs. <laughs> Many, many, many jobs um, from college till now. And writing came about a few years ago, I would say maybe four years ago. 
at a certain point, I think I just decided I'm going to be an actress. And if that means like, I'm going to have to have 15 other jobs so that I can continue like pursuing acting, then that that's what it'll be. And so I always found ways to do other things to kind of support myself so that I didn't have to wait tables. Because I think what happens with a lot of actors is they give up because they hate waiting tables or they hate doing this like quote unquote day Mm -hmm. job that they don't want to do. And so then they eventually are like, no, this is too much. I want to do something else. So I've always been like, I need to find jobs that I can do. Um, and still pursue an acting career. And that like, I used to be a stylist. I used to be a personal shopper. I used to be a blogger. I used to be whatever. So at a certain point, I used to be a host, like an on-camera like host. And at a certain point, all these other jobs were kind of taking up too much of my time. So I couldn't like really focus on acting, but I've always loved writing. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do anything else in entertainment, it would be writing. And I want to write my own stuff. Cause I also kind of felt like there was a part of me that, that thought I would never be a series regular unless it was something I created myself um, because I don't necessarily fit in a box the way I think network television especially likes to put sometimes people in boxes. And so that's why I was so grateful for this show because they're so these characters are not your stereotypical black characters you're constantly seeing on TV. Like they're very unique to each person. The casting is so well done because we really are all our characters in some sense, you know, Mm. and which I love. So back to the writing, I started writing uh, about four years ago. I had an idea for a pilot called Williamsburg. My family in in New York is originally from Williamsburg. I'm guessing they got that rent control going on. Yeah. I'm from Sheepshead Bay, girl. Not, not, like, not, 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 not many of them are still in Williamsburg. But there was a big yeah. part of me, like, when, like, Williamsburg became trendy, I was like, uh, you know, Dominicans have been there forever. Like, my whole family is in Williamsburg. Like, what, like, Let them know. There's more than just Ooh. hipsters on the north side. And so, anyway, I wrote this pilot called Williamsburg, and it was about... It's kind of the intersection of three different characters, a Hasidic Jewish man, a Latina grandmother, and a, 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 a interracial couple in the north side of uh, Williamsburg. And that led to getting um, people to read my pilot, like just as to see me as a writer, I guess, um, and getting representation. And then long story short, um, Leslie Wake Webster, who was the creator of Perfect Harmony, she was like a friend of a friend and had heard that I had been writing. And she was like, oh, can you send me a sample? Luckily, I had Williamsburg because I had no other writing sample. Mm. And I thought, I thought for sure I would never get the job because Williamsburg is very much like a dramedy, like kind of a cable or streaming type show. And Perfect Harmony is a straight up network musical comedy. And I was like, this is nothing like her show. Like this one was never going to hire me, but the pilot got me a meeting and then got me more meetings. And then I got the job and I was so scared (laughs) to be in that writer's room. (laughs) I was like, I had heard so many things about writer's room, but again, I don't know if it's like luck or NBC or what it is, but like this writer's room was the most amazing writer's room experience of my life. I mean, it was my only experience, but I had heard so many horror stories about writer's rooms and this writer's room did not have that at all. Um, it was led by a woman. It was 50% women. It was diverse. I was also afraid of walking into a room and being the only person of color. I wasn't, there was like four of us. Um, so it was just like, it checked all the boxes. And then as an actor being in a writer's room, I was like, I felt like I was pulling the curtain on Oz. You know what I mean? Like I was seeing everything behind the scenes. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And you realize 
so much of us getting cast and stuff has nothing to do with our, like, like our talent. Like everyone's talented. Everyone who auditions for these things, when you get to a certain point, they're all talented, but it's like, are they the character that this person envisioned? And that's really all, all that matters. Right. At the end of the day. And so like, I learned that. So I learned not to take things so personally, um, as far as being an actor, I learned not to be a pain in the ass as an actor, because, you know, like there's just so <laughs> many. The writers will be like, all right, mm-hmm. we're going to give you a. No, for <laughs> real. I learned that. I love you're going to be a plot. You're going to be like the plot, the plot C of, the, of this episode. Not only that, like, I don't think I realized how much power writers have on TV. Like it's all about the writer's room and it's all about the writer and the showrunner and the showrunner makes all the decisions. Um, and the writers were, were pitching actors all the time for parts. Like I got to pitch mm. friends for parts and some of them got those parts. And so you just realize the power of the, of the writer on, on network television or any television show really. Um, and then there was also just, you know, uh, learning how to like being on set and watching, I mean, Bradley Woodford was on our show. He's one of the best actors of all time. Uh, Anna camp, like all these really great, funny actors were on the show. And so I got to see them firsthand and see them work and see them be thrown lines by us writers and then just like pick it up and handle it and go. And it just gave me so much, uh, it was like a, a masterclass of acting. So it's like, I, not only did I get to be a writer and learn more about writing and how to be a better writer, I got to sit and watch these great, actors and, and learn to be a better actor. Oh, that, that's, that's just really interesting. That whole section right there that you said. Wow. Um, yes. Now, so, now that you're a regular, uh, you know, on a show, um, is it some, do, is it sometimes hard to like shut your writer brain off? You know, when you're kind of, uh, are, 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 do you know how to separate the two? Like, are you sometimes yeah. kind of like well, analyzing has, the lines in a writer way? Yeah. It ha- it's been really uh, not an issue on this show because the writing is so good. Like, Phil's a genius and he's so good and our, and our, and our writers group, our writers room was so good. And so there was never a time, cause you know, as actors, especially when you get sides for auditions, you're like, what is this? Or you're like, try to make it like work. When yeah, I got the yeah, sides, yeah. when I got the audition, that was part of the reason why I was so excited about the show. Cause I was like, these scenes are so funny. And these scenes right. are not mm-hmm. even scenes in our show. They're just like dummy sides they had for auditioning. And I'm like, these scenes are so great. They're so funny and, and so wonderful. So it got me really excited to actually audition. And same thing when we get these scripts, they're always so well done and so funny and so well crafted and there's heart to it. There's like straight up jokes. There's like jokes that are, are more about like the situation of, of what's going on. Um, so no, I, ha- I, I haven't had a hard time shutting off my writer's brain. If anything, I'm having a hard time putting it back on. <laughs> <laughs> there's like personal projects I should be working on right now nice. and I'm just like yeah. I just want to be back on set shooting more episodes yeah. like, so so yeah it's kind of in the other way around nice. wow it's really exciting to hear all your stories your anecdotes and some eye-opening things that you're sharing with us here that I know are going to inspire our listeners a lot of our listeners are also entertainers and writers and you know, folks that we don't even know are listening out there in the entertainment industry. So thank you for all that you're sharing. You're divulging a lot. And I love that. I, I, um, I'm so happy to do it. <laughs> I love hmm. it. Now, look, fellow Dominicana, fellow a lot, but also fellow podcaster. Hello. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about not blank enough, which is the best name ever. I mean, aside from Latinos out loud, if I may say so myself. Um, thank you. But... What a great name. 
Tell us about this. You also get into some deep topics on that show too. Colorism, yeah. not, Latin, Latin, not Latinx enough. I yeah. want to hear it all. Tell us mm-hmm. about your wonderful podcast. So Not Blank Enough was birthed during COVID as so many podcasts were. <laughs> um, uh. You know, it was just a time where I had a lot of time on my hands and I was um, working with my friend's production company and they were getting into podcasts and they were like, if you have any ideas, let us know. And I had that idea mostly because I'm developing a show loosely based on my life or not loosely, pretty, pretty much based on my life. Um, and a lot of the themes in that show was, is about me growing up feeling and still to this day, not blank enough, not Latina enough, not black enough, definitely not white. Like, and so always feeling this, like kind of like an outsider looking in, um, I think being an Afro Latinx person, I think a lot of us go through this with this feeling of like, maybe our own people not accepting that we're, we're Latinx enough or white people not accepting that we are Latinx because we don't quote unquote look Latinx. And so there was always this feeling of that. And so I was like, oh, I would love to just talk to people. It was mostly creative just because I know a lot of creatives, but then we had like, we had a NASA and an engineer on our show, like who's incredible. Um, yeah. And so we just like, that's what NASA. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I need to go. (laughs) So it was just like an idea that I had. And then we started doing these interviews and they were so great. And what I realized is like, God, whether you are white, black, Latinx, Asian, gay, straight, bi, like we all go through it. We all have these feelings of being not blank enough and not feeling enough of Mm. something throughout our lives. Mm. And some, you know, sometimes there's parts of that that you kind of quote unquote get over or are able to deal with, but sometimes it keeps coming up in your life. Um, So yeah, we shot, we shot, we recorded three, uh, no, I'm sorry, we recorded like 40 something episodes, um, two seasons, and they're all available wherever you get your podcast. Um, But but yeah, the the one not Latinx enough is probably the one where I talk the most about myself and my personal experience. But I talk a little bit about my personal experience throughout all episodes. Wow, mm-hmm. Gracie, um, getting a little bit more personal. Tell us more about growing up in New York City. Yeah, did you grow up in New York City? How was your experience growing up in New York City? Um, I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn hospital, uh, grew up in Borough Park. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I grew up in Borough Park, which, you know, I went to Catholic school my whole life because back then, and maybe still now the public school system was trash and, um, still is, still still is. is. yeah. So my mom, you know, worked her butt off to get me into Catholic school my whole life. Uh, so 12 years of Catholic school, lots of Catholic guilt and, and, you know, all that that comes with it. Um, but, um, I, with, with that, I like was surrounded by mostly either Latinx people, Italian people, and then Hasidic Jewish people. And like, I wasn't friends mm. with Hasidic Jewish people cause they kind of keep to themselves, but I always like saw them. They were always around, which I always found really interesting like their culture really interesting but my closest friends were usually italian american or or latin and my stepfather since i was like 12 is italian american as well um so i i definitely grew up with some diversity but i definitely felt like not a lot of people didn't know what dominican was oddly back then Mm. it was like if you weren't puerto rican they were like what are you um and Mm -hmm. it was just Mm -hmm. like so bizarre to think now you weren't in the heights you know yeah exactly i I didn't grow up in washington heights so i didn't have that i didn't have my people around me um so there's that and then 
Yeah, my grandmothers both lived in Williamsburg. So definitely when I was in Williamsburg, I felt a little more like, oh, I'm around my people than when I was like home with where my me and my mom live. My mom came to the States very young, like at five or six. So she was very Americanized. It was more like my grandmother was like, I feel like I'm first generation, but it felt like my grandmother was more the typical like Latina mother that everyone complains and talks about. <laughs> Whereas my mom was a little more like me and like Americanized. She was taught though, which I still, I, my Spanish sucks because I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I understand it all, but I speak it like it takes me like a second to get into it. And I always hated that because then that I felt like, oh, I'm not Latinx. Like I'm not Dominican enough because my Spanish sucks. Um, but then in high school. Did you ever go on auditions where you had to you had to speak Spanish and you were just like, I, I you know, I understand this. Yeah. So all I got to do is read it and, and it'll sound. Yeah. No, because no one ever cast me as Latin. Uh, so, you know, okay. I mean? like yeah. I, I was talking about this the other day, like the first audition I've ever had in 13 years that was for a Dominican role was last year. And it was for the Gordita Chronicles, which is coming out. And, okay. and then, you know, um, I, I, that was like the first time I ever, and, and they've been great. They actually recently wanted me to come in for something, but I have to sing and I can't sing. I have a terrible voice. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully one day I can be on that show. But yeah, I was like, that's part of the problem, right? Hollywood doesn't see me as Latina. So I never go out for Latin parts ever. Um, uh, and so I never had to speak Spanish for anything. But if I mm-hmm. do, I know well enough that I can yeah, yeah. pull it off for sure. Wow. Which furthers the point that you made earlier, just to continue doing your your own stuff, you know, where uh, we need you. We need you, girl. We need you to do that because we want to continue to see those that look like us and sound like us and know that, oh, shit, she's Dominican. I'm half Dominican, too. Yeah. So. Facts. Yeah. And I, I will say this. Phil, our creator, was really great because once I was cast, he didn't know I was Dominican when I auditioned. Um, And once I was cast, we had that conversation. I was like, well, do you think Faye can be like Dominican or Afro-Latina? And he's like, actually, we were talking about that in the writer's room. And yeah, I actually think that'd be really dope because the show is all about that, you know, the black experience and how it's different for everyone. And we would love to get the Afro-Latinx experience. And we didn't really get to explore it in the first season because the first season is so much about like learning these characters who they are and who they are to each other but if hopefully when we get season two um he already was like if you're willing to like you know let me know about your experience and we can get personal he's like we can put that in i was like yeah let's do it let's get personal because i do want people to see you know that not all latinx people look like J-Lo, like, <laughs> like right. you know what I mean? Like, we all look different. We have different experiences and stuff, but yeah. And to have just, like, that diversity in a, like, and going back to it being a network show, but I mean, you you know, if this show has, like, you know, the the bones to be, like, you know, the, the this generation's kind of, like, friends, you know? This this is what the type of diversity that a show like that wouldn't wasn't even thinking about like back then. You right. know, when you talk to the writers now, they're like, "Yeah, it was just it was a different time." Right. But like now, it's like, mm. "Yo, let's just make this this normalize this." Sh-. You know? What yeah. I mean? like, is- oh, I just got chills when you said that. I really hope we're we're this yeah. generation's friends. That'd be incredible. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really cool. And to finish off the New York stuff, I went to a Catholic school that in high school was ninety five percent. 
uh, Latin ex, like all Latinas and all girls also. Um, and so that was the time that I kind of got to connect with my Latin roots a little bit more because literally we were all Dominican and Puerto Rican. And so I, you know, went to the Latin clubs and spoke mm. a little more Spanish and, you know, mm. all those things. Yeah. Gracie, Gracie, it was. I hate to like rap here because I know there's a lot more. Oh no! I got more questions, but you know, you don't see the producers in the chat. I'm not trying to be the bad guy here. I'm just the messenger. Um, (laughs) But check this out. Like, listen, everybody out there right now. Gracie said it. We want this show to have a season two, so everybody has to watch the show. Yes, 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 please. And Gracie, please tell everybody where to follow you and also plug the show. Tell them how to tune in, where, what they should be wearing, everything. (laughs) So Grand Crew is going to have a special preview on December 14th at 8 p.m. on NBC. We're going to they're going to show the first and second episode. Please watch that first episode. I come in in that second episode. And then after that, you can watch it on Peacock. And then um, on January 4th, that's going to be our like official night every Tuesday night at 8.30, right before This Is Us, which is one of my favorite shows. Um, that will be our time slot. And then we're going to start with episode three on January 4th, So, which is a really fun episode. Um, so please, please, please tune in. And it's so funny because, you know, we want people to watch live, but I know a lot of people don't. So you can always watch it on Peacock after. And look, if they got you after, before, before or after this is us. Before this either, is us. Before, before, either way, like that means they know this show is good. You don't put any show <laughs> right up, you know, right before this is us. Right? Okay, so this show just, it, I know it's going to be super hilarious. So thank you guys. Uh, looking thank forward you so to watching much. it. Yes, yeah. we are. And we'll talk about it on our show and to our friends. And where can people follow you on social? Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. It's at Gracie Mercedes. Gracie's with an S G R A S I E. And then Mercedes. Um, I'm that on Twitter as well, but I'm not on Twitter as much. So hit me up on Instagram. All right. Well, keep doing your things, shining and spreading the colors of our wonderful Latinx rainbow outfit for us. Palante! One time for Gracie Mercedes! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys! (laughs) Tranquilo, Frank, coño! And scene. Gracie Mercedes, that was a great interview, y'all. Um, very good, very cool interview. The show looks funny, and like you saw me geeking out, you know, it's, it is from the creators, some of the creators of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so that show was hilarious to me. So this show looks to be um, in that same style of comedy, which I love. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Network show, support our Latinos in the network shows. Let's yeah. go. Support them, watch the shows, and also, like, what great timing. During the holidays, they're going to be releasing some sneak peeks of the season with two episodes being released, two or three episodes. And then in early January, you can catch the shows during their time slot. And the shows will also be streaming on Peacock. So you have, uh, I love saying that network, by the way. You have three different options, <laughs> which is really exciting. And, of course, you got to follow Gracie Mercedes as well. So thank you, Gracie. And thank you, NBC, by the way. Thank you, NBC PR, for working with us and for really sending us amazing BIPOC talent. 
to yeah. be on our podcast. We love elevating voices here at Latinos Out Loud, don't we? Out. Oh. And of course, we also, as in every show, we got to thank our behind the scenes crew. You know, they always holding us down. Yes. Woo-hoo. Making sure, holding you know. Us down. Yes. Making sure you guys hear us at the best, you know, uh, at our best. And um, so I want to shout out Paco de Pablo, our producer, Woo-hoo. supervisor. PDP. PDP. I want to shout out Mitzi Hernandez, man. She do her thing. She doing her thing, yo. Mitzi, we love you. Yeah. And I, if I may, want to shout out our audio engineer, Augusto Martinez. Because he's the nastiness of this show, okay? He's nasty with the audio engineerism. I know I just made up a word. So uh, I just want to thank you so much, (laughs) all y'all. Thank you for making this show what it is. The holy, we call him the holy trinity. Of, Ooh, of, of, I like of that. Producers, <laughs> of producers, so. The holy trinity. <laughs> Pero amen, holy amen, trinity. amen. Oh. And a woman, because there is a woman in that mix as well. Yes, so, yes. Amen, amen, a woman. <laughs> <laughs>